verse 1. 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 1. <clears throat> Amen. So good to be in the house of the Lord. Don't forget this Wednesday night we're starting our new series on overcoming fear tonight, Wednesday night. Amen. So we'll be starting that as well. Amen. Second Kings chapter 5 verse 1. Now Naaman, captain of the hosts of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and honorable. Because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also a mighty man and valor. But he was a leper. Amen. And I want to minister to you from this thought today. A mighty man with a problem. A mighty man with a problem. Lord, we exalt you again this morning, God. Lord, there is none like you, God. Sweet Holy Spirit, sweet heavenly dove, Lord, stay with us, O God, today, Lord. And give us wisdom and knowledge of understanding of your word, God, that when we do leave this place, we will leave changed, renewed, and refreshed with understanding and clarity in our hearts and our minds today, Lord. May you be exalted. Let your river flow, God, of understanding with wisdom to each and every heart today. We thank you, Jesus, for your goodness, Lord, and your mercy in Jesus' name. And you may be seated. Amen. You know, the Bible is, is, is so unique and is filled with so many great stories and stuff. And kind of like Sister Barb was talking earlier, you know, people read the Bible, people read and they under, see, hear the stories and, and a lot of times they may not understand some of the stuff that is there, but it's all for purpose. Amen. And the Bible lets us know that the things that was written for was written for our learning that we, through patience and comfort of the scripture, can find hope. Amen. Every story and everything that is written, as we heard in Sunday school this morning, line upon line, precept upon precept, here little and there little. Amen. God has placed it in order. He has placed it the way that he desires for us to understand it so that we can gain clarity and wisdom and knowledge and understanding of him. Amen. So that we will glorify him. The Bible lets us know that whoso offer it praise glorifieth him and to him the Lord order his conversation aright, will he show the salvation of God. There are so many things, as the psalmist said, Lord, open to me, amen, thy understanding, that I may behold the wonders out of thy word. There's so much good, so much great, so much encouragement and, and, and encouragement in the word of God, amen, that you could just pick it up and be like David, run through a troop and want to leap over a wall. Amen is is what is good. As you begin to read about the story in the book of Kings is is aligning and showing you what happens with the kings when they were brought to to their realm or their dominion and their control over certain territories that God had, had placed them, whether it was Judah or whether it was Israel or whether it was the Syrians, uh, whoever, amen, it all had a purpose to show and bring lesson to us. 
And we see here today this story unfolds uh, from a military standpoint to, to give us an understanding of a, a mighty military general, if you want to put it that way, and some of his great accomplishments and great things that he was doing. Naaman, by all account, was an acceptable man, as we can see here, amen, of what was going on. The Bible let us know that God even worked through him. Praise God. He was well respected. He was highly esteemed, both for his qualities and for all his successes. He was an honorable man, as you look at him. And we see that Naaman was a rich man, as you continue to read on, you find that he had a lot. Uh, he was classified as a rich man, if you look at it, because when generals and, and men and kings in those days would conquer places, they would take all the spoil, they would take the gold, they would take the silver. And so you can see at the end later on, uh, when Naaman uh, is healed, he offers to give uh, money, amen, for his healing. Amen. Naaman was a mighty man of valor, you see here. He was very courageous. He was valiant uh, uh, a man here. As you see, it, it starts to unfold and tell you his great success and how mighty this man was, was and what God had done to him. But then all of a sudden, the writer throws a conjunction in the thing. You know? And to me, conjunctions says, oh, that was great. But I want you to focus right here now on what I'm going to tell you. Because I want you to focus to what I'm about to bring to your attention. He was great. He did mighty wonderful things. But he had a problem. He was a leper. And that's why if you ever are reading and you see conjunctions in sentences and paragraphs... That's what it is there for. You remember old Saturday morning, conjunction, junction, what is your function? You know, conjunctions are saying, look, I want you to focus what is coming afterwards. And so it tells us that Naaman had a problem. Even though he had all this great success and he's a money man of valor, he has problem. He, he's got a problem that he's having to deal with. And I, I come to tell us today, amen, we're all at one time or another is going to deal with the problem. Amen. Whether it's our own problem or our spouse's problem or our children's problems or helping someone else with their problems, we're going to deal with problems. Amen. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you have. I don't care who you know, where you live, where you work, how much money you've got in your bank account. I don't care what position you hold in leadership or don't hold in leadership. I don't care what the color your skin is. I don't care what nation and country you come from. I don't care what your age is. I don't care what kind of car you drive. I don't care if you're fat or you're skinny. I don't care what you do in life. Hear this preacher, you're going to have some problems. Amen. No one is exempt. So stop thinking that you're the only one going through things that you're going through. As a matter of fact, 1 Corinthians 10, 13 tells us, uh, there's no temptation taking you, but such as common to man. But God is faithful, who would not suffer you to be tempted above that 
which you are able to bear. Amen. But with that temptation, he will make a way of escape. Amen. A newborn baby that messes his diaper or, or an old man that messes his, you got a problem. Amen. The person who have a job or the person who don't have a job has a problem. If you've got a job, you're probably going to find problems on the job. If you don't have a job, you're going to have problems off the job. Amen. The person who is married and the person who is not married is going to have problems. Amen. Some people think because you get married, you're not going to have problems. No, sometimes you get more problems. Praise God. The man or the woman who's getting ready to get married and she wake up on her wedding day and there's a big zit on her nose, she says, I got a problem. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Praise Job says, the thing which I greatly feared has come upon me. He says, I was not in safety. I was not quiet. And yet trouble came. He had problems. Amen. The commander who goes into battle and realizes that he doesn't have enough firepower to, to defeat his enemy realizes he's got a problem. As Custer, when he looked around and saw those Indians and he didn't have enough firepower to take care of him, he realized he had a problem. No matter how blessed and highly favored I am, I still have problems. No one is exempt. Job, with his problems, even though how righteous he is and how much God talked about Job and the Scriptures, and we we, we elevate Job's uh, uh, state and everything he had, Job had problems. Yeah. Amen. He lost all his material possessions and family just like that. You know, you stop and think about it. He had a nagging wife. That's a big problem. <laughs> Think about it. Amen. He had balls from the top of his head. No, not you guys back there. I, <laughs> he had balls from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. That's a problem. Amen. And then his friends accused him of lying. Amen. And sinning. That's a problem. Yeah. Talk about a man with problems. You know, everybody else's health is good and you got pains everywhere. Problems. Everybody else, kids is doing good in school and yours can't even get an L. That's a problem. You know, <laughs> think about it. Everybody else seems to have it all good and on the right slate and you can't get it together. Just problems. See, some people think just because they get saved, they're not going to have any problems. That's not true. Jesus even let you know, Flash, that in this world you shall have tribulations, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Amen. He says you're going to have them. Amen. One writer said of that passage of Scripture that Jesus is saying that, hey, you're just approaching your problems and you don't even know it. They're right around the corner. And as soon as you go around there, you're going to walk right into them. <laughs> so be of good cheer. Amen. You need to, not the question of when the problem is going to come. It should be how do I deal with the problem when they come. In the world, you're going to have problems. But in the church, the good thing about it, the Word of God tells me how to deal with my problems. 
And that's the key is to have an understanding of how to deal with the problems when they come. The first of all, you need to recognize the problem. You need to recognize that it is a problem, amen, and you need to deal with it. You need to start getting information about the problem. Gather some information. Where is it coming from? What is happening? Set a course of action, amen, and develop some courses of action for your problems, amen. But then analyze the best course of action. What is the best course that I need to take? Select the best course of action. Make a decision and implement the course of action. For example, when we brought our house, amen, the upstairs bathrooms was kind of small. Amen. The toilets were. And so sometimes people would come to the house and they used the bathroom. It was clogged up. Amen. And so can you imagine being the guest having to come and ask for a plunger? So that became a problem. And so therefore I had to realize that I had a problem <laughs> more than they had a problem. And so as a result, I started gathering information. I started checking out about all kinds of toilets. What is the best kind of toilet that I can get that will prevent this problem? How much would it cost me to have somebody put this, this toilet in? How much would it cost me to put these toilets in? I went on YouTube and I watched how to replace toilets. Amen. Because you can learn some stuff. So I started gathering all this information. Amen. And I started putting it in order. And I developed and analyzed all the courses that I could take to fix my problem. Amen. And as a result of that, I sat down and I chose the best course of action. And the best course of action that I came up with is either I put out $2,000 or I can do it myself for like 500 so I chose the best course of action. <laughs> and I implemented the best course of action. And I put it into place. Amen. And see, this is what you got to realize. And when problems come, you've got to be able to deal with the problem. If not, amen, it's going to cost you a whole lot. Or either you're going to wind up being distressed because of the problem that keeps coming your way. Naaman, the captain here, amen, he has it all together in one area. But all of a sudden, the Bible lets us know that Naaman has a problem and he's a leper. The good thing with Naaman being a leper as a Syrian is the fact of the matter is he's not a Jew. Because under the Jewish law, he couldn't have been around anybody. Amen. He had to would have to go around hauling unclean, unclean, unclean. He had to live in a leprosy colony. But in Syria, this was not the law. Amen. And so we see that Naaman is married. He's got a house. He's doing great things. Amen. And he's got servants. Amen. So his leprosy really is not uh, like the Jews would have it be with them. But the things we've got to realize, though, with leprosy, it's going to take its toll sooner or later. Amen. Stay with me. Because now his house is unclean. His wife is probably fearful that if she touches him, that she could catch the leprosy. Maybe his men that he's over is afraid to even come close to him for fear of the leprosy that they may get. Even the king of Syria, amen, 
maybe wouldn't even come close to him. Can you imagine all your great success and victories, but you had to pin your own medals on your own chest? No matter how many victories and achievement he had, no matter how many medals he had on his chest, no matter how many soldiers he commanded, he still had a problem. <laughs> One man problem is affecting so many others. If your problem isn't dealt with correctly, it can affect so many other people. When Achan took the gold and the silver and the garments, yes, Achan had a problem, but Joshua and Israel had a problem. This one man's problem here affected the whole nation here. And so Joshua had to deal with the problem. It seems drastic for him to do what he did, but he had to eradicate the problem. And so he took dramatic, dramatic actions to alleviate Israel from the problem. Kill Laman, Achan, his family, and everything he had is a type in shadow for you and I. That if we want to get rid of the problem, sometimes we've got to kill things that are in our lives. Those things that may be dear. They may be those things that we're holding that is causing us the problem. And we need to eradicate it out of our lives so that we can deal with the problem. Sometimes the best course of action, amen, might mean you've got to cut somebody off out of your life, amen. The best course of action sometimes means you might have to let it go, amen. Because God is trying to save you. Amen. And sometimes that problem could be caused by what you're doing. You're holding on. Amen. Instead of letting go. Everybody has problems. Amen. Everybody seems uh, to overlook the passage. Not only did Naaman and Miss Naaman have problems, but the little servant girl has got problems. She's a captive. She's a slave. Amen. And she's probably got to wash Naaman's clothes. She's got to clean his house. She's now got problems. But everybody is trying to realize that with the problem. But notice the little girl seems to know the answer to the problem. She's the one that comes up with the answer. She's the one that realized Naaman, her master, has got a problem. She realized, amen, where the answer is. She's already established a course of action. She's already made a decision how to get it fixed, amen. And so she goes to her mistress and said, Would God my Lord was in Samaria, the prophets would heal him. She already knew what needed to take place, amen. And so she 
goes to her and tell her, and then they send Naaman, amen. I come to tell somebody today your answer for your problem is already there, amen. You just need to go to the right place. Uh, the answer to your problems is always at the altar of the Lord. Come unto me, all ye that are laboring heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you will find rest to your soul, for my yoke is easy and my burdens are light. If you've got pain, he's a pain taker. If you've got, amen, if you feel like you're lost and he's a way maker, hey, praise God. If you need freedom, he's a liberator, amen. If you've got chains, he's a chain breaker. This is the God that you serve. He's in the problem solving business, amen. But you have to come unto him. David says, God is my refuge and God is my strength. He's a very present help in the times of trouble. Solomon says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. Amen. Everybody has problems. And God is willing to deal to help you with your problems. Leprosy, as we know, is a type and shadow of sin. And, and as long as there is sin in our lives, we've got problems. Because we can't go to heaven with sin in our lives. That's a problem. And we have to realize how we're going to deal with this problem. Amen. They all wanted to help Naaman. But we don't see anybody where they, everybody was trying to help themselves. The Bible says, save yourselves from this untoward generation. Isn't it amazing that you find most counselors that's trying to tell everybody else how to fix their problems ain't finding anybody to try to fix theirs? Or just because I sit on the other side of the desk and give you counsel doesn't mean I don't have problems. Amen. I can stand here all day and tell you how to be saved. It does me no good to tell you how to be saved and I'm not saved myself. That's foolish. <laughs> I think the day on Pentecost, I think Peter says, save yourself from this untoward generation. I got to get me right first. Amen. If I got sin in my life, I got to take care of me first, amen, before I can even start telling you how to get your life right, uh, how to get yourself saved, amen. Praise God. Jesus walked into the temple in Luke 4. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the broken in heart, to preach deliverance to the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised and the priest, the acceptable year of the Lord. He closed the book. He gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue was fastened on him, and he began to say to them, This day is the Scripture fulfilled in your ears. And all bear him witness and wonder at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, Is not this Joseph's son? And he said unto them, You will surely say to me this proverb in Luke 4, amen, 20. He said, You will say to me this proverb, Physicians, heal yourselves. 
Whatsoever you have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in this country. And he said, Verily I say to you, no prophet is acceptable in his own country. But I tell you of a truth. Many widows were in Israel in the day of Elijah. When the heavens were shut up three years and six months, when great famine was throughout all the land, but unto none of them was Elijah sent, save unto the woman of Zerah, a city of Sidon, unto a woman that was of a widow. Now watch this. And many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elisha, the prophet, and none of them was cleansed, save Naaman, the Syrian. And all they in the synagogue, when they heard these things, was filled with wrath and rose up and thrust him out of the city and led him to the brow of the hill where the city was built, that they might cast him down headlong. Amen. The problem solver was there. Every problem they had could have been dealt with. But they kicked them out. Amen. He related two stories to them that they should have understood. Amen. But because their unbelief, Jesus says, their problems would remain. What about you? We pray for everyone else. We put prayer for request in for everyone else. But what about our own problems? James says, is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. If he's married, let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him. Anointed him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he committed any sins, uh, they will be forgiven him. Amen. God is the one that is taking care and the solver of our problems. Amen. He's in the sin-ridden business out of your life. Amen. In order for Naaman to be delivered from his leprosy, he had to dip seven times in the Jordan River. Peter says baptism that also now save us, not the putting away of the fifth of the flesh, but is an answer of a good conscience towards God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. You see, we have to deal with the problem. If I was a betting man, I think Naaman's leprosy was caused by pride. Kind of like Uzziah. See, all those great military victories. You can see that Naaman has prize after Elijah tell him to go dip seven times in the Jordan River. He walks away. Not dumping no dirty water. I thought he'd have came out and clapped his hands over me. You know, right here. I want to see the miracle done right here. God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. Amen. Praise God. See, so therefore, Naaman did not want to do what the king, I mean, what the prophet told him to do, how to fix his problems. But he finally listened to one of his men. He says, if he'd have asked you to do some great battle, you'd have did it. How much more to go dip seven times in the Jordan River? Amen. And we know the story. After Naaman dipped seven times in the Jordan River, his flesh came back to as a child, just like the prophet. 
prophet said he was, he would. He was now able to have his problem, amen, of the leprosy eradicated from his life. As I said earlier, leprosy is a type and shadow of sin. If we don't dip in the water, if we don't bury this old man in the waters of baptism, our sin is still going to cling to us. If we have been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, then sin should not reign in our lives. Paul says in Romans 6, Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? He says, God forbid, no you're not, that so many of us that was baptized into Jesus Christ was baptized into His death. Therefore we are buried with Him by baptism, that like if Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of His death, we shall be also in the likeness of His resurrection. Amen. Sin shall not have dominion over you, for you was brought with a price. Amen. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We have to deal with this problem of sin. Everyone has sunk sin and come short of the glory of God. We can't allow sin to reign in our lives. If we do, we're going to have a problem. Because you can't get there with sin in your life. Amen. you got to walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Amen. God has made a way to deal with the problems. Amen. You've got to choose the best course of action. Amen. And the best course of action is to take hold of that unchanging hand and build your hopes on things eternal. Amen. This is what God says and what He wants. And this is why Jude says, You, beloved, build up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourself in the love of God, looking for the coming of our Lord on some have compassion make a difference others pulling with fire pulling out of the fire hating even the garments spotted by the flesh we've got to get it right amen we don't want sin to dwell in our lives amen we don't want to be money men and women of valor we don't want to be money men and, and women of God born again filled with the Holy Ghost having all the power and the authority that God has given to us and still walk with the problem of sin. We need to get that thing out of us. Amen. People holding on to unforgiveness. That's the problem. Because Jesus says, if you don't forgive men of their trespasses, neither will your heavenly Father forgive you of yours. That's the problem. You got people holding grudges, won't even speak to people. That's the problem you've got. And you've got to get that right. Or else you shall not see the Lord. I think the scripture put it this way. Follow peace with all men and holiness without shall no man see the Lord. Amen. You've got to get it right. Don't allow sin. To reign in your life. Because what sin does is produce more problems, more problems, more problems, 
and more problems. I think James put it this way. When sin is finished, it brings forth death. Amen. He says, do not err, my beloved brother. He says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and come it down with the Father of lights and whom there's no variableness nor shadows of turning. Amen. We don't want to allow our problems to destroy us. Amen. At least when the young slave girl told Naaman, the king and his mistress, what Naaman needed to do, he went. Amen. And it's the same thing I'm trying to tell you today. When the altar is open. You can get rid of your problem. You can take it to the Lord and leave it there. Amen. Cast all your cares upon the Lord, for He careth for you. Amen. God has your best interest in heart. Above all else, I must be saved. As the song says, Lord, whatever you have to do to me, don't let me be lost for eternity. Above all else, I must be saved. I cannot hold grudges because grudges would be a problem. I cannot have envy and jealousy and prejudice in my life because that would be a problem for me. Amen. I need to be free. Amen. I need to love my God with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength and serve Him to the best of my ability. Looking for that day when He will say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy which I have prepared for you. Isaiah writes in Isaiah 1, the Lord says in verse 15 through 20, And when you spread forth your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Yea, when you make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. Wash you. Make you clean. Put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do well. Seek judgment. Relieve the oppressed. Judge the fatherless. Plea for the widow. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet. They shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured with the sword. For the mouth of the Lord have spoken it. If you want to rid yourself of the problem, God has made a way for you and I to take care of the sin problem. Let's stand this morning. Second Kings chapter 7. Then Elijah said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, Tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shackle, and two measures of barley for a shackle in the gate of Samaria. 
Then a lord on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? And he said, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but shalt not eat thereof. Because, see, there was a famine in the land. It was so bad that a donkey's head was being sold. Talking about problems. Half a cup of of beans was being sold for a lot of silver. That's a problem. People eating their children. Problem. Major problem. The king, the women came and says, we cooked our kid yesterday and we're supposed to eat hers today. And the king didn't know what to do. But Elisha says, tomorrow there's going to be food in the land. Verse 3, and there was four leopards men at the entering in at the gate. And they said one to another. Why sit we here until we die? They said, why are we going to sit here until we die? We got a problem. This is the problem, they were saying. So why am I going to sit here until I die? I got a problem. Why am I going to sit here until I die? I need to develop some courses of actions. I got to do something about my problem. If we go, if we say we will enter into the city, then the family is in the city and we shall die there. And if we sit still here, we're going to die here also. Now, therefore, come and let us fall unto the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, big deal. Notice what they're doing here. They realize they've got a problem. They are gathering information. They are analyzing and developing courses of action. See? That's how you solve a problem. This is what they're doing. And now they're making the best course of action. They says, if we stay here, we're going to die too. And they rose up in the night, in the twilight, to go to the camp of the Syrians. They've already made a decision. And when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. For the Lord, notice, for the Lord had made the host of Syrians to hear a noise of chariots and a noise of horses, even the noise of great hosts. And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel had hired against us the kings of Hittites and the king of the Egyptians to come upon us. Wherefore they arose and fled in the twilight and left their tents and their horses and their asses in the camp as it was and fled for their lives. 
And when these lepers came to the uttermost part of the camp, they went into one tent, and notice, they did eat and drink, and carried thence silver and gold and raiments, and went and hid it and, and came again, and entered into another tent, and carried thence also, and went it and hid it. Notice, because they made a decision. God was involved. See? That's how I kind of feel like my toilet. So when I made a decision, God got involved. <laughs> Praise God. You got to make a decision. Amen. When Naaman made a, finally made a decision to dip, God got involved. He wasn't going to heal him as long as he stayed out of the water. But as soon as he made a decision to go in that water, like the prophet told him, amen, God got involved. Amen. Because healings come by the Lord, not by the man of God. Amen. The same way with these guys. Then they said one to another, verse 9. We do not well. This day is a day of good tidings. And we hold our peace. If we tarry till the morning light, some mischief will come upon us. Now therefore come that we may go and tell the king's household. So they came and called unto the porter of the city and they told them, saying, We came to the camp of the Syrians, and behold, there was no man there, neither voices of man, but horses tied and asses tied in the tents. And they were, and he called the porter, and they told it to the king's house within. And the king arose in the night and said unto the servants, Amen, and and said to the servants, I will now show you what the Syrians have done for us. They know that we be hungry. Therefore, are they gone out of the camp to hide themselves in the field? Saying, when they come out of the city, we shall catch them alive and get into the city. And one of the servants answered and said, Let some take, I pray thee, five of the horses that remain, which are left in the city. Behold, they are all in the multitude of Israel that are left in it. Behold, I say, they are even as all the multitudes of the Israelites that are consumed. And let us sin and see. They took, therefore, two chariots, horses, and the king sent after the host of the Syrians, said, Go and see. And they went after them unto Jordan. And lo, all the way was full of garments and vessels, which the Syrians had cast away in their haste. And the messengers returned and told the king. And the people went out and spoiled the tents of the Syrians. So a measure of fine flour was sold for a shackle, and two measures of barley for a shackle, according to the word of the Lord. Amen. Just like God said it was going to happen. Amen. It happened. And I come to tell you today, it will happen again. Amen. You can rid yourself of your problems. Amen. If you will give God a chance. Amen. This morning. I want to open these altars today. I don't know what your problems are. I don't know what how many problems you got in your life. Some may have more than the other. But I come to tell you this morning. Amen. You can be mighty and valor, and if you have that problem and keep carrying it, it will destroy you. So I want to offer you today an opportunity to come to the altar today and rid yourself of your problem. Amen. In the name 
of the Lord Jesus Christ. For above all else, I must be saved. 